ahead and grab out your Bibles and something to take some notes, everybody, because I am going to convince you in the next 60 years that you will take some notes. No, everybody, Jesus is coming back long before that. All right, we're just going to, but we're going to take some notes together as we study God's word. Or if you like, you can pull out the Victory Church app. Got a fill in the blank version of the notes there for you. You can tap on that. Got every verse, every point, uh, points I'm not even making. We got them in the app. I don't know. You can fill in the blank if that's what you like to do. Uh, we'd love to have that opportunity for you. And we are in near the end of June. We got another week to go. Uh, and it is a thousand degrees, everybody. So we are in a series called Summer at Victory because we love the heat around here and so we are going to study God's word and keep the AC blasting but this is just a chance uh, to take a step back in the summer if you're kind of new to victory what we like to do is study the Bible in series throughout the year uh, different topics or different character studies book studies of the Bible uh, and then in the summer we kind of take a step back and we we kind of take the opportunity that is the summer people being out or in at different weeks different vacation times uh, and we kind of have series or sermons that are loosely connected uh, but they kind of stand alone and so we preach on topics that maybe don't need an entire series, but I think it's still good for us to talk about them, still good to study those through. And so there is kind of a loose thread through all of the sermons. You can kind of pick that out for yourself. But throughout the summer, we just talk on these different things out of God's word. And so today I want to kind of finish a thought that I introduced to you last week um, and kind of give you the bedrock or the foundation for it. Because we ended last Sunday with the idea that we should serve with urgency. That this time is short, and so we should be serving the world around us, making an impact for the kingdom of God, seeing what eternal difference we can make with our lives. And so today, I want to kind of back up and give you the foundation, I think, that all of that lives out of. Kind of the bedrock that we would build that impact on. Because if we're going to talk about legacy, and we're going to talk about impact, we're going to talk about the things that we should be doing, we should look at the place that all of those actions live. And that is our time. That is how we spend the life that we've been given. If we're going to talk about the things we should do in all of those, we should talk about the time we have to do them in. I want to show it to you out of Ephesians chapter 5. And it says, it says, be very careful then how you live. Be careful, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And then verse 16, therefore, don't be foolish. Another translation says, don't be thoughtless. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Is. So here's the principle. Every single day, you and I have opportunities. Every single day, we are presented with opportunities. We have a chance to make a difference for the kingdom. We have chances, ways around us. We can eternally impact the world. And so the opportunities are there to do good. We have the opportunities. So the question I have for you then is, what are we doing with those opportunities? How many of them are we actually taking advantage of? How many are we kind of letting slip by? Because it's a whole lot easier to do so. What are we doing with the time that's been given? What are we doing with our lives? Because I think for a whole lot of us, myself included, we live our lives in this reactionary mode. That we are just reacting, putting out fires wherever we see them, instead of living intentional. Instead of actually having intentionality in the difference that we're making. Instead of setting the schedule, we are living and reacting. And so if we're going to have a whole Sunday about legacy and impact, we have to have a whole Sunday about the time that we have left. We have to have a Sunday talking about the things that we are doing. Because I think we need some reminders in life. It's why David prayed in Psalms. Watch this. He prayed, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me. Give me a marriage. So if you say, well, Ben, you talk about time a lot. Remind me. Continue. Because I think it's something we forget so often when we get into the busyness of life. Remind me that my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. Reality is life passes by quickly. 
And I remember as a teenager, I would hear that, that life is quick, right? And it would go one in one ear and out the other. I'm like, yeah, 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 life is fast. Life goes by quick, whatever. It's great. I know, I understand. But now I have kids of my own. Come on, somebody. And so I've understood a little bit more how fast life goes by. Because Elijah, my oldest, he's nine now. Come on, nine is just incredible. And he's already picked out the car he wants. You know what I'm saying? Like he's... The problem is it's mine. He's picked my cards. So we're going to pray about that. We're going to pray a little bit more about that. But it's, it's unbelievable because it was just yesterday he was dancing around in his diaper. And we were laughing at him. Now he's nine. Next day I know he's going to be 18. It's, it's incredible how fast life is speeding up. And now and Liam is seven, Hobbes four. And so in some ways it feels like, okay, we've got plenty of time. But in others it feels like time is just fleeing by. Like day after day after day. Listen to me, everybody. You are one day closer to death than you were yesterday, all right? You are. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to church to get encouraged this morning? I just got, I got lots of encouragement for you this morning. Time is over. It's fleeing by. But the reality is, it goes faster and faster. That what sounded like just some cliche when you were younger, now suddenly it's getting faster and faster. And so we're going to talk about that today, how we spend our lives. What are we spending our lives doing? Because time, honestly, if you want to jot it down, if you're taking notes, time is your most valuable non-renewable asset. Of all the ways God has given us to make an impact, time is the one that's non-renewable. You can always have another idea. You can always come up with another and get some more energy. You can always get some more ideas or God can give you a vision or you can always have those things. You can always make more money, everybody. You can have an idea, God, you can work hard. You can do all of those things. You can always make more money, but time you can never get back. So once you spend it, time is gone. It's your non-renewable. So it becomes this very valuable asset because it's non-renewable. But then when you think about all of the things that we have to make a difference, all the things God has gifted us with, the one that's under the most pressure is our time. We value it so highly, but it's also under the most pressure. It's under the crunch time all of the time. Because you think about this, anytime you want to invite somebody to go somewhere, For entertainment or go out to eat. Anytime you want to do something fun. Anytime you want to serve. Anytime you want to step out and make a difference. You want to make an impact. What's the thing we always, always say? I don't have time. I just don't have time for that. I just don't. Maybe some other time. I just don't have time. And I don't think it's so much that we actually don't have time. I think it's one of the great deceptions of our generation. Because I checked out some stats this week. I'm just going to depress all of you, all right? I found some stats this week. Did you know, it's kind of staggering. 85% of adults in this country have a smartphone. Now, that sounds a little low to me because I think if we polled the audience today, I think we're at near 100%. But 85% of adults have a smartphone. My buddy from college, uh, he's the same age as me. He just got one a month ago. He was the last holdout in America, all right? He just, I think he was just the last one. And so we teased him forever on that. But he got one and he hates it. Come on, somebody. 85% have a smartphone and we spend, watch this, two hours and 20 minutes every day consuming media on it. Unless you think that's kind of low. That sounds pretty good. That's a pretty good number. This is not texting, calling. This is not any productivity. This is not all the other things we do on our devices. This is just consuming videos and media and social media. That's all this number is. Two hours and 20 minutes. And honestly, it sounds a little low, to be honest. Now, if you don't use one of those apps, I just want to kind of ruin your world today. But Apple and Google stuck, stuck usage meters on our phone. It's how we know most of these things. And so I got a bone to pick with Apple because they stuck a usage meter. And now every week I get a report from my phone that says how many hours last week I used it. Anybody get that? Now, my comes on Sunday mornings. How that for irony for you, everybody? Mine shows up on Sundays, makes me feel real bad right before service. That's when it tells me exactly how much time I wasted on my phone last week. But I've got a bone to pick with Apple because honestly, 
music, that's just worship music, right? So I, I work at the church. That's just work. That's what that is. And like, like texting, I'm just texting the staff and all these things and podcasts. It's always church podcasts. Come on, somebody. And so that should all go into productivity, not entertainment. So I got a little bit of problem with that because my self-worth is wrapped up in what Apple thinks about me. That's just what, that's just the way it works. I'm really aggravated with my life. I've tried to change it, but I can't. But the truth is you look at that thing and we can see exactly where we are spending our time. And honestly, it's probably not all that wise how we're spending it on those devices. 94% of us have an HD television. 44% have a 4K television because that's necessary. Come on, somebody. We got to watch LSU lose in 4K. That's just what we have to do. I got to see it in high def. I just I don't know what those numbers are until I see it in high def. We have those things. And honestly, we at 94%, we spend 4.5 hours per day watching shows and movies on it. On some kind of screen. So that's DVR, that's TiVo, if that still exists. I don't know. That's HBO. That's Netflix and Hulu. That's all your different devices, all your different streaming platforms. We spend four and a half hours per day consuming media. Now, this is the adults, everybody. You can't blame the kids for this, all right? I know that's the cop-out. These are adults. And we're spending four and a half hours a day. Now, if you add in all of our tablet usage and our computers, YouTube, TikTok, all the things that we consume, all the media things... We estimate Americans spend an average of 11 hours per day consuming media. 11 hours a day. That's adults, everybody. 11 hours in a day. Now, this is staggering because watch this. I want to kind of do the math for you this morning. All right. So watch this. If you have a 40-hour work week, that's pretty normal, right? Most of us, give or take a few hours, you're going to work about 40 hours a week. And then let's say like you take your, you know, you take your sleep the way they say you're supposed to. You sleep for seven hours a night. It's what they say we should. None of us do, but that's what they say we should be doing. So that's 49 hours out of your 168. You work for 40, you sleep for 49. Now, if you take care of yourself at all, like you brush your teeth, I hope, before you come to church, you wash yourself, take a shower every day, you prepare food, you eat that food. If you self-care, they estimate that's about three hours a day that you'll self-care out of your week. So check this out. That leaves you with 58 hours left in your week to do everything else. That's 58 hours left to read your Bible, 58 hours left to spend time with God, spend time with your spouse, spend time with your kids, exercise, serve at church, do all the things you're supposed to do. 58 hours left to do whatever it is for everything else in your life. But remember, you are watching television for 11 hours every single day, everybody. So that's 77 hours, leaving you with a net total of negative 19 hours. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Negative 19 hours that you have left in your week that you have to steal from somewhere else on the list. Because that is what we are spending our time. That's not taking into account. That's not working out or spending time with people who matter, making a difference in the world around us, working on your spiritual life. That's not included any of that. You are already in the hole. I would say we've had our time stolen from us. The time that we've had, we've had it stolen from us. And we are under this deception and we don't even realize it. Because we say, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to spend time with my kids. I don't have time to spend time with my spouse. I have time to do all of those things. And I would say, oh, yes, you do. Problem is, we're just wasting time in different areas. And so we're saying, I don't have time. But the answer is, we've wasted all of it. We become like Job when he says this. Watch this in the book of Job. He says, my days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy. I believe that's the condition of this culture. We live with this mentality that my, le- my life is currently just a season. But honestly, it's just a trick. Here's the trick. We live our lives in a season that we're never in. 
expecting life to change when we get to the next one. And so we say, well, my life will just change. I'm living for the next season. But then we live in this one for three or four decades thinking, well, things will be different when I just finally get out of this season. Things will be different when I finally get out of this job or things will be different when I get the promotion. Things will be different in my life. I'll fix everything when I finally get the degree or things will be different when I get married. Things will be different when we finally have kids. Things will be different when we get rid of those kids. Things will be different when we finally get that thing or that that move or we finally get that vacation. We finally things will be different then. And we spend our whole lives living for a season we're not actually in, wasting the time that we live. We never enjoyed any of it because we're living for a season that we were never in. We're thinking somehow our conditions would change our life, that somehow it would impact it. It's not true. And honestly, it's a trick to keep you and I from making an impact for the kingdom. I heard an old school preacher one time say, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you what, everybody? He'll make you busy. But the longer I have lived, the more I've been a Christian, I've realized we've given him a little bit too much credit. Because it's us who's wasting our time with the garbage that we put in. It's us who's adding thing after thing to our list. It's us who's adding all of these things, heaping them on, and then neglecting the things that are actually important to make an impact. And we'll blame it on everybody else but ourselves. It's us who dump the garbage in. And as your pastor, I want you to live a life that has an impact. I want nothing more for you that you would make an impact for the kingdom of God, that you would live to your fullest potential, that you would impact the kingdom with the purpose God has given you. That's what I want to see. And so we have to become intentional about the way that we're living. Because I promise you, one day we will stand before our creator and he will give an account for the things that we've done. He'll evaluate, evaluate us based on the things that we have done. And I don't want to hear one day, hey, good job, Ben. You watched everything on Netflix and Hulu. That was incredible. Like we were up here cheering for you, me and the angels. And we just thought it's incredible. If you could just watch TV for the rest of your life, that would be just an incredible thing. That'd be awesome. Now I want to hear good job. I want to hear you did a good job with the time that I gave you. I want to hear, well, Ben, here's your season list. You made it through all the seasons. It's amazing. You can come into heaven. Now I want to hear good job. You did what you needed to do. You had an impact on the world around you. A couple of things. How can we have that? How can we stand before our creator with the impact that we've made. How can we have a couple of things I want to give you? Jot it down if you're taking notes. First one is we're going to have to change our mentality. We got to change the way we look at this. Change our total mentality of how we view the time we've been given. Because we look at it as this just spending whatever. We got to look at that. Back to our theme verse. Different translation this time. He says, act like people with good sense and not like fools. Anybody like when the Bible just slaps you like that? You just enjoy? You're like, well, that's not very Christian. It's the Bible, everybody. All right. This is Paul. Is Paul writing? These are evil times. So read this with me. So make every minute count. Come on, read it one more time. Make every minute count. One more time like you can read. So make every minute count. Make every minute count. How do you do that? Watch the next verse. How do you do it? Don't be stupid. Come on, somebody. That's just... <laughs> it's the Bible. Stop laughing, everybody. Don't be stupid. Because honestly, a lot of the things we are giving our lives to are stupid. A lot of the things that we are are giving all of our time and our effort, a lot of the things that we are perfecting our craft, a lot of the things, and I'm not saying it's bad to have fun and to do fun things, but we are giving the best of us to things that are stupid. You can have your hobby, you can do all the things. I got a lot of hobbies that I enjoy, but the best of me is going to go to things that matter. The best of my time, the best of my energy, the best of my intellect, whatever it is, is going to go to things that matter. It says, don't be stupid. How do you not do that? Instead, what's the opposite of stupid? Find out what the Lord wants you to do. 
Find out what God wants you to do. Finding God's will for your life and pursuing it because life is brief. So you think, how can I make every minute count? How could I, how could I change my mentality of how I view it? Here's a lesson that I've learned, and that is stop spending time and start investing time. Stop, stop spending time in your life and start investing. Because when you spend something, you're expecting an even exchange, right? You spend a little time, you get something back of equal value. When you spend, you spend a dollar, you get something back worth a dollar. Now, if you invest, if you're a good investor and it's not the year 2022, you are expecting a greater return, an exponential return for your investment. And so when you put that in, so stop spending time. I don't just spend time reading my Bible. I'm investing into my relationship with God. I'm investing into my spiritual life, into the depths of my own heart, because I know that that relationship is what everything else is based on. And so my relationship with God has to be strong because I know every day it's going to be drawn from as a father, as a husband, as a leader in the church. It's going to be drawn out of. And so I've got to invest in that time because I know what's going to be expected of it. I don't just spend time with my kids. We're investing in them to see the favor of God on their life. We want to see them grow up. We want to work that sarcasm out of their life. Come on, somebody. We want to see I'm investing time into them. Because I understand the exponential. I understand what we're, what we're preparing for. I understand what we're waiting for to see out of that. I don't just spend time with my wife, Alyssa. I invest time. We're not just hanging out because that's what you do when you're married. You just kind of burn time together until you die. That's not what we're doing. We're investing time into the relationship together. We're investing into our future together, into our marriage. We're not spending time. We're investing. We're investing in that. When you serve in the church, when you serve a victory, you're not just spending time at church. You're investing time into people's lives. When you go on a mission trip, when you serve in the nursery, when you're changing diapers, when you're speaking life into those kids upstairs, when you're spending time, when you're in the video booth or you're in the green room or you're praying over them, you're doing those things. You're not doing it just because we're just wasting time. You're making an eternal impact in people's lives. You're investing in them because there are people who will come. There are kids who will come who are far from God, make a decision for Christ and impact the generations. Then after them, we're investing in that. Thank you all six of you that are excited about that today. I'm... (laughs) I'm not spending time. I'm investing. I got to change our mentality. Number two, then jot it down. We're taking notes. We got to plan our schedule intentionally. We got to plan intentionally. Once I change my perspective about it, then I have to be intentional about what I do. You know why? Because Proverbs 17 says, an intelligent person, watch this, aims at wise action. Takes aim at wise action, but a fool starts off what, in, in many directions. You know, if that verse was written today, it would say an intelligent person, When they wake up, consults the list they've already made or makes a list in the notes of their phone before they open the 8,500 other social media apps and just starts reacting to every single thing that every person in their life wants to dump on them. Sets out the schedule for the day before they check Facebook or TikTok or Instagram and sees the million other ways you can pollute your life before you ever take a step. And then your whole day is just reacting to the things that have been said or done to you. An intelligent person takes aim at wise action. Intelligent person schedules intentionally instead of letting our soul be dragged in a million different directions. Because most of our lives, they're reactive. And I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. That we just react to the things that happen in our lives instead of actually setting intention. The Bible says that's foolish. Intelligent person stops and says, what's most important? What makes the biggest impact? What can I do today that makes an eternal impact? Make sure we understand what's happening and the priorities God has for our life. Because here's what I learned, and I had a ministry leader tell me this early on, that if you do not prioritize your life, somebody else will. 
If you do not prioritize your life, I promise you somebody will be more than happy to do it for you. If you don't take a moment to say, this is what is important to us, I promise you, that school you attend, they will prioritize your life. Hey, parents, you got to be here and do that and be at every single thing and serve in every way. And they may have the greatest intentions, but they want to own you. Come on, somebody. They want to own your life. So does the travel team. So does your sports team. So does your church. I'll tell you what to do with your life. I got plenty of plans for you. You got, you got extra. Come and see me. I got places for you to serve, things for you to do. And it might not be what's best for you. Because you'll get a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction out of it. I promise. But there might be things in your life or a season that you are in. You got to pray and seek the Holy Spirit. What is right for me and my family? What are we supposed to be doing right now? Because I promise you, every single person around you, they got plans for your life. And they will gladly prioritize it for you. You need to stop and pray and ask God, what do you have for me? God, what, what is your plan for our family? God, what is your plan for our marriage? God, what is your plan for my life and my career? What's your plan for what I should be doing to impact others? God, what do you have for me? You ask the Holy Spirit and you use your brain that God gave you. And you begin to hash this out. We set our schedule intentionally. We determine the priorities of our life. It's why Psalms 90 said, God, would you teach us to number our days? Because we know how few they are. God, would you teach us to number? Would you teach us to be intentional? God, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We want to make sure we're doing the right things in the right place at the right time. That we're in God's plan for our lives. You set the schedule. You're intentional. And here's what I tell you. As you pray about it, you will find there are some things that are very, very important. And some things that are just peripheral. Doesn't make them bad, doesn't make them sinful. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're just not as important as the important things, not as, as essential. And as you find that picture of what God has for you, I promise you, it gets easier to set your schedule. Because here's what I've learned as vision increases, options decrease. As you begin to actually get a picture of what God wants you to do with your life, it becomes very easy to say yes to some things and no to others. It becomes easy to do that as you see what God has for you. Honestly, that's what happens around here at Victory. We have a very clear vision about what we want to do as a church. Because I believe it's my goal to help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. I want to see you grow as disciples. I want to see you grow that you go out and make a difference. Because honestly, in our lives as Christians, there has to come a place in your time as a Christian. Somewhere that you go from consuming to contribution. That you go out into the world and make a difference. That you find people to share the love of Christ with. That's what we're called to do as Christians. I want to help you move into that. And so we're very clear about what we're trying to do. That's what I want to happen in your life. That's all I want to happen in your life. I want you to become who God has called you to be, to live out your purpose. And if you get sick of me saying it, I'm glad because it means you're finally hearing it for the first time, everybody, that you would live out your purpose. That's all I want for you. And so it makes it easy for us to say no to some things that we could be doing. And we say it with great confidence, everybody. We have learned to say no with great confidence to all of those things because we know it's not what we're called to do. And they may be biblical things, they may be good things to do, but it's not who God has called us to be. And so I want that for your life as well. When you understand the purpose God has called you to do, what God has called you to, the options decrease. You can say no to a lot of things with great confidence because you know why you're on this planet. You know what God has called you to do. And I want that for your life to be intentional. Number three, once you set your schedule, and here's the hardest part, honestly, you have to protect it fiercely. I mean, no, it's easier to fill the schedule than it is to protect the schedule. Anybody understand that concept? A whole lot easier to fill it up with a bunch of... It's easier to say yes to everybody in your life. But I want you to know to live a life of impact. It's not limited. Honestly, it's not limited by our under-commitment. It's limited by our over-commitment. 
I think we live in a culture where it is just so much easier and it feels so much better just to say yes to every single thing in our life. We're actually limited by the amount of commitment that we have put out for ourselves. We talked a little bit about this last month. You're giving yourself to too many things. Proverbs chapter 20 says this. It says it's a trap to dedicate something rashly and only later consider one's vow. To say yes, 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 yes. And only later think how much time is that going to cost me? How much money is that going to cost me? How much time? How much thing? Because the world will tell you if you are important, you should do it all. If you are really a good person and you really are important, you should do everything. Because you got to be at every school event and every classroom event. You got to volunteer at every time. But then you got to also be at every sporting event. You got to be at every parent event. And you got to be at every night party and evening party and classroom and pool party and thing. And you got to volunteer at the church every time the doors are open. Come on, somebody. And then you got to be at every work event because that's how you get upward mobility in your job. And you got to be at the evening parties that they have at the boss's house. And you got to be at every single thing. But, oh, you got to coach all five of your kids' sports teams and be at every game and every practice and everything like that. And somehow stay safe, stay sane, and not weigh 900 pounds. Come on, somebody. Good luck. That's just your... And we are spreading ourselves so thin with our overcommitment that keeps us from being successful. So we got to fight to make sure that we are using our time wisely. Let me just set some of you free today. I'm going to blow your minds. Listen to me. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that will set some of you that have been living under some bondage the last few years. Just because you can does not mean that you should. Because we ought to have a filter. We got to change our perspective. I'm not just going to spend my time. I'm going to invest it. I need to be intentional. I got to be wise with the way that I spend my time, not giving it to things that don't really matter in the first place. By the way, this includes, this is just my, my soapbox to stand on. This includes not choosing the digital over what's right in front of you. That'll got quiet in this church this morning. That'd be saying, let me, I just blow some of your minds again. We'll just free some more people from this. It's okay to wait to answer a text message till the next day. I know that's heresy and that'll get me thrown out of the church. It's okay to wait. Listen to me. Just because somebody calls your cell phone doesn't mean you have to talk to them. Come on. I'm just going to make friends at every place to see. Listen, if you call me while I'm playing with my kids, we'll connect sometime later. I don't know. I am dead. All right. I am gone. You can forget about me because I have decided to choose what's in front of me instead of what is digital. That'll just set somebody free. I can tell that's popular today. We're going to you got to say no to some things. We got to learn to say no, that I am not chained to that thing I wear. My, I'm not chained to that thing in my pocket. I am not chained to that. I don't know. And, and honestly, I think we, we have some hypocrisy in that. Because a whole lot of you grew up where you didn't even have that. And you understood the freedom of it. And now you're trying to force people to answer you when you call. And you get mad when they don't answer after 10 seconds. Come on, they rang twice and they didn't answer. What could they possibly be? We got to live our lives where we are, everybody. That's just free. That's not part of the sermon today. You got you to say no to something. And it's not fun saying no to people. It's easier to say yes. It's easier to appease people. It's not fun, but you got to evaluate your life and say, what is important? What am I prioritizing? Now, what do I say I'm prioritizing? What should I actually be saying yes to with my actions? What do I say no to? And then we got to have a filter for that. How do we decide what to say yes to and no? Number four, as we close, we got to think eternally. We have to think eternally. We never lose sight of the eternal impact we're supposed to be having with our lives. I will say this until my dying day. We have to think about eternity with our actions. Every opportunity that we have. Can I tell you, we show what we value by what we put first. Because we can say a whole lot of stuff with our, a lot of us are really good at saying what we think we should say. But it's our actions that show what we actually value. 
And so we need to put God first. We put him first in our finances. We put him first in our relationships. We put him first in our time. Put him first at the beginning of the week. We put him first at the beginning of the year when we fast in January. We put him first in all of these places in our lives because we understand everything else comes out of it. Everything else in our life hinges on it. I want to show it to you out of Matthew. It says, put first his kingdom. That's his kingdom, his rules. That's his purpose on the earth. That's what he's doing in our lives. That's what he wants to happen. Put first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's his way of living. That's his way of being sanctified. That's his way of how we should do our lives. It's his way of how we should live. His purposes. I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to say no to sin. And then what happens, watch this, in all these things that people chase after, all these things that people waste their lives trying to achieve, all these things that people waste time trying to go, all these things will be added to you anyway. All of that just hinges. We put God first, his kingdom first, so then his favor rests on us. It's his purpose in our life that we're able to live out. We're saying, well, I'm trying so hard to do all these things, but that it's putting God first. And all these things will be added to us. You make every minute count. You know what happens when you put the kingdom first? You have a life of purpose. You know what happens when you put God's righteousness first, when you seek him first? You make every minute count. You live a life that's worth living. You make every minute count. That these moments in life, we're not just spending time, we're not just wasting time, we're investing time. That when we get before our creator, he says, well done. And when we do that, we truly make a difference. Every head bowed with me today as we pray. I just want to pray the Holy Spirit would lead us. Before we go out today, before we get to whatever it is that we've planned out for the rest of it, whenever we get to all those things, I just want to pray that God would help us to make a difference with the life that we've lived. That how we spend our time, that we're investing in, help us to be intentional. Before I pray that over you, though, I want to just talk to some of you that maybe came today and you are far from God. And maybe you've been to a few church services or maybe you've heard this a few times, but it's kind of unclear. But you say, I just, I know that I'm far from him. I've been trying to do all of this on my own and I hear about purpose and I hear intentionality. I hear all those things and that's great, but I'm far from God right now. And I've tried everything else, but I can't make it work. It just feels like I'm running against the wind. It feels like I just can't do anything. And so I want you to know right now that if you are far from him, he still wants you. He still loves you. God loves you. And so if you tried everything else, you know already that it doesn't work. But right now, I want to introduce you to Jesus. You say, well, who is Jesus to me? Jesus is the perfect son of God. Who came to earth to pay for our sins. Who lived a perfect life, died in our place on the cross, but he didn't stay dead. The Bible says he rose again that anybody could call on the name of Jesus and be saved. So right now, I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you to go to a side room somewhere. I'm not asking you to stand up or embarrass you in front of everybody else. I'm asking you to have a relationship with Jesus, to surrender your life to him. Because every other relationship, every other thing in this life, every other purpose, every other eternal impact, it all stems from this one relationship with him, that we surrender our lives, that we turn from our sins and we follow Jesus. So right now, if that's you, you want to pray that prayer, you can do it right now. There is no better time than right now to make that decision. And we're going to pray with you as a church. Nobody prays alone. You say, right now, I want to make that decision. And if you say that, 
I could give you the words. You have to say them and you have to mean them. Right now, say, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sin, of all my mistakes. I surrender to you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. And I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Lord, I am thankful for this incredible church, God. Lord, I'm thankful for the impact that we can have with our lives that you have called us. Lord, we have the privilege of living for your kingdom. We have the privilege of taking advantage of every opportunity to make a difference. We, Lord, you have called us to be a part. That it's not the kingdom any one of us is building, but it's your kingdom. Lord, that you would show us every opportunity. Lord, I thank you that we're going to change our perspective of the world. We're going to change our perspective of what it means to make an impact. We're going to start to invest our time, Lord, wisely. Lord, help us to schedule intentionally. Help us to make it, Lord, that we want to make a difference in our lives. Help us to protect that, to protect the things that are actually important. And Lord, we pray it almost every week, God. Let us impact eternity with our lives. Let us impact eternity. Let us always be thinking with the filter, God. That eternity hangs in the balance for so many. Use us to make a difference. We'll give you all of the glory. We'll give you all of the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we give God praise for what he's done today?